Stay on target. Stay on target. It's crashing time. Hello and welcome to the podcast. So there I was, which is how all great aviation stories start. All of this is everyone. Everyone. Repeat everyone. And this is episode number 42 with a lot of great stories. Absolutely. With a fine marine aviator who flew single engine, single seat attack jets. Tried it in the simulator and he crashed every time is the title of this episode. 4,300 hours of single seat flying in tactical jets in the Marine Corps. A4 mics, OA4 mics, and TAV8 and AV8 behavior. Combat pilot. Yep. And flight school in the T-28 Trojan, which was a monster radial engine trainer airplane. So... A lot of amazing stories from a man who's been there, done that. Uh, I'm sure he's gotten a couple t-shirts out of it as well. <laughs> yeah. And surprisingly, I find out near the end of the interview, he flew the whole time. Yeah. He had yeah, the type a- of career that every Marine pilot dreams of yeah, spending all that time. Unheard of. Un- unfreaking heard of. What you wouldn't and, give uh, to spend that time in the cockpit. Right. Right. And he's had great, great experiences and he tells great stories. He does indeed. So, you know what? Let's get out of the way and let him do it. Here he comes now. It's Smitty. About crossing the pond. I tried it in the simulator. At night. Crashed every time. In the world's smallest cockpit. Don't sit on the ejection. On the tanker. (laughs) Enjoy. Through the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Thanks a lot. We really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. No, he's not. No, I'm not. Well, there I was, crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fun. So, there I was. That's how all great aviation tales begin. Greetings, folks. You're listening to the podcast, So There I Was. This is Repeat, coming to you from Alaska today. Oh! Jo- yeah, joined by my co-host, Fig. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, my friend. Li- I'm, li- I'm live, so to speak, from yeah. Kansas City. Nice. And I am excited to introduce you to Smitty. Hello, Smitty. Hello, how are you guys doing? Great. Welcome, Marine. All right. Uh, nice to be yeah. here. Smitty, a AV8A, B, A4 Mike attack pilot extraordinaire. Indeed. We were in, we were in rarefied <laughs> air here, Fig. Rarefied, rarefied air. I can't wait to hear all this. This is going to be good stuff. So, Smitty, uh, we're going to start at the beginning. How did you get interested in aviation, and how did you find yourself in Pensacola getting those naval aviation wings of gold? Well, my, my father and actually my grandfather, my uncle and my dad were all pilots. And uh, so I grew up oh. uh, uh, on the right seat on boxes looking out over the, over the front of a 172 and 182 uh, aircraft. So it was kind of born into me. Nice. Yeah. The family business. <laughs> so, yeah, I just probably like everybody else here uh, at college. And uh, actually, I started... I went to the Navy side and took their test and they said, oh yeah, you're good to go and, and that. And so I thought, oh, great. So, so then like the next week, the Marines were there <laughs> they had really flashy uniforms and oh, uh, really nobody in my family had been in the military. So 
So saw the uniforms and went over to say hi. And, and they said, well, you know, this, that, and the other. I said, well, it's too bad. I've, I've already taken the test for the Navy. And, and so I'm trying to all set up over there. And they said, hey, you know what? Those are the same tests we get. So if you passed them, you passed ours. You're good. So that's the start of it. That was the start right there. <laughs> that's was so nice. the, the Marine Corps stole one from the Navy. That's absolutely that's outstanding. Finally, because so we've had a couple go the other way around, right? Yeah, I know. Gone. Yes, <laughs> nasty went the wrong way. Uh, PLC Smitty PLC program. Yep, PLC, and you know just normal PLC. Uh, uh, went to Quantico. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, went to Quantico, and then uh, then headed down to Pensacola, and that's that's my tail really starts. Outstanding. Well, so yeah, I'll, tell I'll, us about Pensacola. What was uh, checking the yeah. We. Uh, got there in uh, early summer and uh, 76. And uh, so we went through all the physiology and all that uh, uh, training and that. Then we got to the end and they said, hey, we're not going to get the T-34 Charlies as promised. So we're going to run one last class of T-34 Bravos through a soft lady. And the rest of you guys are going to uh, go fly the T-28 at Whiting in about two months because they were trying to work the syllabus and getting the airplanes and getting everything ready for for the primary uh, students to go up there. And so I we kind of huddled with a couple of my buddies and said, hey, you know, this uh, summer off in uh, Pensacola, that sounds good to us. I didn't want a T-30. Uh, 38 was so it didn't matter to me so we said hey we'll wait and so we spent the summer uh going to the beach and uh and with our whites on motorcycles and well we had a blast sounds horrible (laughs) right right i mean that t-28 trojan that was a monster airplane too what did that have a uh wasn't it like a nine or 12 cylinder radial engine in it a 12 cylinder it's either nine or 12 uh 1425 horse um engine i think it's right i think it's so, all right uh, so, okay so h- help me out here because i'm i'm thinking that uh so that was the t28 already in in service and they because uh, because it just seems like it's an old airplane yeah, it oh, was it like is. it was like 1949 or 1950 when they came out with that airplane. yeah so where, yeah, where it, were they it was initially used to take the pilots from props to jets. And so that was the, that was the airplane. They were used both air force and Navy to, um, to transition the guys into the jets. Okay. And so what the Navy was using them for is once the, all the pilots finished the primary T-34s, the, the fixed wing guys, the jet guys would go to Beville Kingsville or or Meridian and the Hilo guys would go to Whitey and they flew the T-28 for, I don't know how many more hours, uh, but they flew the T-28. So that was its primary mission. Uh, at least when I was there, that it was a secondary Hilo airplane that they transitioned from the T-34. Yeah. I just remember being up close to that thing. That was a monster airplane. It was much bigger than the T-34. So. Oh, yeah. I truck rolled that thing more than once. So technically- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet it took a bootload of rudder and, uh, when you yeah. when you put the power up for takeoff. Holy smokes. It did, yeah, for sure. Oh. 
cool airplane. How about that? So yeah, so so I I graduated out of that and uh, uh, got jets and went up to Meridian. Pretty uneventful. Uh, went through went through that uh, training and uh, 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 chose T twos, T A fours, right? T twos yeah, in the intermediate. Okay. Yeah, T twos, T A fours. Then uh, went to uh, Yuma. Uh, and so I, I got to Yuma, I, I went up to the group XO's office and that's, you know, who you check through. And so he's, he said, Hey, Smitty said, uh, do you want to fly a fours or F fours? And so the one of my primary instructors was an A four guy and another guy, uh, was RF, uh, four guy. So, so I said, well, you know, I kind of like to go fast, so I'll go F fours. So he said, fine. So, so I run down to one oh one. And I walk in the ready room and, uh, this captain goes, comes up to me, he says, Hey, are you the new guy? I said, are you checking in? I said, yes, I am. So he goes over to the board, the duty board, scratches the name off. And he said, Hey, you got duty this week. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. No. <laughs> <I'm> a <laughs> you know, I'm a sack guy, you know, and so I, well, whatever. Fortunately, nothing happened. If I didn't know who the CO was. So, uh, <laughs> the boat oh get checked in and, and, uh, I get my name taught. So I start doing a couple of simulators and, and the opso calls to me in his office and says, Hey, Smitty, you're going to go R force. You have pretty good boat grade. So, so, uh, you'll end up going to Shaw Air Force Base and learning to fly the RF floor. I told him, I don't want to fly the RF floor. He said, I want to fly the F floor. And, and that's what my buddy or my instructor said. He says, don't fly RF fours, fly F fours. You want to drop bombs and shoot missiles and do all that. So I go, well, that, that's what I want to do too. Hell yeah. So, so I said, I, once I said I didn't want to, the episode told me to get the fuck out of his office. And so, so I did the about face and, and left. <laughs> and so I went home. I was really bummed. I'm going, not. Nah. Well, wow. you know, I told Carol, I said, nah, nah, I guess we're going to have to go to Shaw Air Force Base and, and that. And so, so the next morning, you know, actually that night, I, well, you know what? The, the group XO did say A4s or F4s. So I hauled my butt back up to the group XO's office, walked in his office and said, sir. And I gave him this long story. I don't want to fly F4s. I, you know, like a whiny little second lieutenant. And, uh, they said, I don't want to fly RF4s. I said, I want to fly uh, F4s, but I can't do that. Then I want to fly Thank goodness this guy was an A4 guy. Uh, in fact, he was the uh, former uh, 102 CO, so he was uh, he was really tuned in to, to that. Nice. And so he looked at me. He said, "said Well, okay, I wouldn't want to fly F4s either. So, so here you can go to you can go to uh, 102." So I yay. So so now now I had to go back to 101. And get my OQR and get my logbooks and training records. So, so oh boy, yeah, you know, go back and get my uh, logbooks and training records wasn't a problem. That was a clerk who got it. Well, when I went to S1 and say, I need my OQR, the staff sergeant said, well, What do you need it for? And, you know, gave me the 100 questions. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, Ah, crap. You know, how, how do I do this? So I said, I said, well, you know, the group XO wants to meet with me, and he told me to bring my OQR. So they finally handed it over. 
And I literally left 101. I did check out nothing. I left 101, <laughs> checked into 102, and, and that's how I started my fight wow. career. It that, sounds like to me so... your entire career is now a scam then because you don't it even have scam. orders to that the A4 so, yet. <laughs> so non-standard. I don't even know how that happened. It's just a matter of fact, how did you leave Meridian not knowing whether you're going to fly A4s or F4s right. and then given the choice? I don't understand how that – that's unheard of. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. I, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the group, group CL said A4s or F4s, and I had chose F4s. So anyway, so, so let's fast forward. Now, about 10, 10 years or so, I'm the AMO of 331. And uh, so I'm sitting in my office and this, this guy that just, just checked in and kept walking by my office. And I saw that he had some wings of gold on or something. And I was always busy. Every time he walked by, I was always busy and, and that. And so finally he went by and I said, said hey, Gunny, get in here. So he comes in and. And I said, why aren't you wearing NFO wings? And he says, you don't remember me, do you? And I went, uh, uh, no. <laughs> he said, I was in 101 as, as a uh, NFO instructor. He says, I even showed, went over to the uh, simulator with you and showed you, you know, around the cockpit and I said, ah, no, I don't remember that. But, but, uh, but yeah. So what happened is he did, he didn't make major since he's prior enlisted. Uh, they, they let him revert back to enlisted and, but he was able to retire as a cap. So, so that's a side. Oh, track. wow. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, that, okay. That's funny. Very so cool. let me back up for just a second. You talked about being the AMO. And so for, for our listeners, that's the aircraft maintenance officer for the squadron. Oh, so yeah. that, that was his that's job in there. That, yeah. Yeah. And right. oh, and OQR is officer qualification record. That's the record you carry around with you as an officer. It tells you every school you've been to, every medal you rate, all that happy stuff. So, all right. Sorry to the interruption. Continue. No problem. So, so I go through 102, had a great time, great, great people there. And, you know, so uh, uh, 214 was getting ready to go overseas and I don't know, eight months, 10 months, so like that. And they were looking for four lieutenants. And so, so stop myself. Famous and Grizz were the four lieutenants that that we kind of chose to go to 214 to get ready to 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 do that. So so uh, I go there and I, I get a a phone call actually before I left uh, Yuma. I get a phone call from the op and says, "Hey, check into 214 first. Don't check into the group." I go, "Well, okay, whatever." So I did, and and so. Uh, Walk up to uh, Opso and it's Raven, a great guy. He yeah. says, Smitty, no matter what the group XO tells you, you come back to 214. I said, I think I was a, maybe a first lieutenant then, maybe still second. I can't remember. So, anyway, so I go up to group and uh, report to the, to the uh, group XO. And so uh, I'm in my office, and and so he doesn't put me at ease. So I'm standing at attention. So he uh, sticks out his hand, you know, to shake it. So I reach over, and he grabs my hand and pulls me across his desk. So I'm, you know, almost pulls me <laughs> off my feet. And I go, hey, so I'm, oh, I get back to attention, all that, and 
and he's gone through my, my training record and I had no problems, no downs, no, you know, no problem. I didn't have any problems at all. So he was going through it and he's, he's getting madder and madder as he's going through my, my, my lodge. And I was like, oh, what is, what's, you know, there's no Why? problem. Why? And so, so funny, he says, he's, he's, he yells at me, he says, says, you don't deserve that fly force. I'm going to send you to A6s. But sir, I said, I've been trained in the A4. And with that, he throws my record over my shoulder. First going everywhere. And he starts screaming at me, get out of my office. You know, get the fuck out of my office. I'm scrambling around his office. I'm getting, get all the papers. And I run back down to 214 and I kind of, you know, I apologizing to the option. I said, oh, sorry, option. I must have blown my interview because he's told me I was going to gonna fly A6s. And he said, no, no, don't, don't worry about it. Did they set you up? Was that a joke? Well, that's more to the story. So okay. Famous is right behind me. So I call Famous. Tell him what happened. So Famous checks in like the next week or so. And, and Famous is a lot taller than me. Uh, yeah. I'm five in, and he's like six, two or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I told him what happened. So, so when, when, uh, when the group XO puts his hand out, JG grabs it and he pulls Pissaris across the table. <laughs> so that interview lasts two seconds. That's so he awesome. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so then, then we grew, I don't know what it is, but anyway, so that's when I found out that his nickname was Screaming George Pissaros. Screaming George. And, and, Oh my God, he was he was quite a character. So he he just did that to all the lieutenants. He that did was it. A, no, yeah. <laughs> screaming George. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. Yeah. That is funny. So he was just trying to see how you guys would react to his uh, tormentations. Uh, he was psycho, <laughs> like Vietnam guy that uh, something's wrong with his brain or something. I don't know. So now we're in two fourteen and we're getting ready to go overseas. And and A fours were nuclear qualified air. So all of the pilots before you went overseas had to be nuclear qualified, which was a big deal. And uh, everything about the check ride and everything you need to know and, and all that was top secret. And you couldn't say anything about the flight. The only thing that was not top secret was the page number. And the page number for the what you needed to do to get qualified was an A20R. So if you talk to any A6 or A4 guy back in that era, you talk about A20 yard check. Don't know exactly what that is. Right. Awesome. And a pain in the butt too. So Grizz is the last one. We're going to Yuma and he's uh, getting his check right. So he thought, hey, be great to just get your check right on the way there. So he's fine with John Goodman and Goodman ended up being a three-star general. He's got a quite a backstory too. We don't have time to get into it. So... There's different modes to deliver a nuclear weapon, and Grizz was going to do what's called over the shoulder. And so you basically fly over the target, you pull up, straight up, bomb releases, you go back one way, bomb comes down. Okay, well, that's that was what was planned. Well, what happened is when he was over the target and he's pulling up, we need about 45 degrees nose up, the bomb releases. And it's a Mark 76, so it's not yeah, that big. It's but the uh -oh. bomb releases and Goodman's going, holy crap. So he's watching the bomb go. Then he had to turn around and join up with Gris on the way out. He said, last thing uh, I saw that bomb was heading toward Mexico. 
So, <laughs> yeah. so that night there was a big conversation of if they're going to report that or not. You know, and holy cow, you know, we're going to tell Mexico we bombed them by accident. I was like, Sorry, a long way. <laughs> so, so we we don't know if it ever went to Mexico, but probably somewhere in the Sonora Desert down there, there's a Mark seventy stick. Six uh, sticking up uh, out of the ground, way, way off the target range, huh? Way, okay. way off. Way Those off. loss were fun. I fig. I think we might have talked about it on one of the other shows, but that was the cool thing when you were doing the loft deliveries. You, as soon as you heard the tone when the bomb released, you just unload, roll inverted, and fly formation on your bomb for a while. It was still going. Yeah, yeah. that was uh-huh. loot. Yeah, well, yeah, we call them idiot loops. Right. Yep. So we head over to you uh, do any kind of normal debt, Missaula. Uh, Kadena. Hey, Smitty, yep. how many how many airplanes in the squadron and how many pilots back then? 20 airplanes and gosh, the max I think we ever had was like 25 pilots. It was kind of set up like a Harry Squadrons ended up being, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Very similar. Early on, Bach took three lieutenants. It was me, Stump, and Grizz on a cross country to kind of show us around. So we we flew down to Kadena and flight around there, and, and that was on Saturday. So Saturday night, we went to the club to have dinner and have a couple of brews. So, so Vox leaves right away, right, right after dinner. And so, so us lieutenants are there. And so Grizz and Stop decided it'd be kind of great fun to throw the bottles against the wall and break the bottles. I'm gone. Well, I'm this, not in this. So. This, is in the, this is in the club on a Saturday night in Kadena, oh, right? Air, Air Force Base. I'm out of here. So, so I walk out and I get about a quarter mile up the road walking to the BOQ and the uh, MP car passes me with his lights going. I'm going, well, I know where he's going. They go in, they both meet at the door of the club. Well, as soon as Stump and Grizz see him, they start running. So they <laughs> run. The MPs catch them, tackle them, put them in handcuffs and take them to the brig. So uh, I'm up in my room now, and I'm getting kind of ready to go to bed. And, and, that, and I get a phone. Said, "Hey, Smitty, you got to come down, bail us out." So, <laughs> so uh, I get base taxi, go around, and, and go ahead and uh, to get them out. And the and they wouldn't release them to me because I was another lieutenant. And they said, "We need a superior officer." And they're going, uh, crap. I'm superior in every way. Give them to me. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> so I go back around. I knock on G Box's door and get him up and tell him what had happened. He goes, Get the fuck in your room. I don't want to see you till tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. <laughs> so he goes, gets him out of jail. We were two to room. Stop was with uh, Bach. I was with Gris. So Gris tells me what happens. I really didn't know what had happened. So, you know, holy shit. So, so we take off and, and we fly to Korea and we fly Korea, you know, to Osan and Tegu and, and, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe one other place. And so it get late at late afternoon. So we fly back to you. Couldn't he? COXO and OPSO is waiting for us. <laughs> that paperwork went to the wing and went to the group and finally made it back down to the squadron. So, and everybody's asking a lot of questions. <laughs> so <laughs> good news traveled fast. Oh, oh, it does. So the CO and XO get with uh, Grizz, Stop, and Bot. Now, Otto pulls me off because my name wasn't on the report. So I was kind of alone. So he asked me what happened. So I, you know, very gingerly said, well, gosh, we had dinner. I had a couple of beers and I went back to my room. So I, I didn't know what story those guys are going to say. That's my bullshit story and I'm stuck with it, yeah, sir. You're damn straight. <laughs> Deny 
thing, right? Yeah. So, and those guys were put in hat for like two weeks. They were the permanent ODOs, which everybody I didn't do else it. liked. <laughs> that, no, everybody else liked because we'd have to do the ODO thing. The rest of the debt was, was, uh, was pretty good. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Charlie Carr. He was a, uh, he was a legend in the A6 community. At one time, okay. he was like most decorated Marine in the Marine Corps. And, uh, the guy just phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, he was, he, I think the CO had already taken the first, first, uh, group. They're, they're trying to back them back. So now it's Charlie Carr there with the remaining pilots and, and that, well, they were at the club. Uh, they were the Ukuni and they were, they were raising hell. So the group CO, no, I'm sorry. The station CO comes and, uh, pulls Charlie Carr out and, and, uh, start talking to him. Well, in the meantime, Rocky, Rocky Lahaki, Rocky was a station ODO. And so he, he hears about what's going on and he's going, holy crap. So he goes, goes down there and he's walking down the hallway and he's, he's seeing the, the groups on the sorry, station to see punching, uh, Charlie Carr in the chest. And so, so after a little bit, Charlie Carr goes to off and falls off and hits him and, uh, and then face, you know, and, and Rocky goes, Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just witnessing something that's probably going to end up in a court margin. He didn't want to have any part of that. So he disappears in a side room. And so, uh, so he kind of peeks out around. So the group COs, the station COs coming down, his glasses are kind of lopsided and his red face was all red. And so, so he leaves. And so, uh, Rocky goes, Oh my God. And so far makes sure he's on the first airplane out of there the next morning. And so they fly to Hawaii. They uh, uh, go on into El Toro, and now there's a message waiting for him, saying he needs to come back to Iwakuni, back to First Ma. And <laughs> and so the the uh, uh, Third Ma CG and Charlie Carr were old friends from the A6s, and they were they go way back. So so their message just going back and forth on. Uh, with the generals and I think that third mod general says, well, he's here now and, and uh, we'll take care of it. So, uh, uh, Charlie Carr is a freaking legend. And, uh, and I've got a further story. I don't know if we're getting this, but there's another Charlie Carr uh, story. Okay. So yeah, I got to, Hey, I got to, I got to stop it real quick, Smitty. You used a term. I don't think we've heard yet. I mean, we know what it means, but you're going to have to define it for us. You said, uh, your uh, fellow compadres there were put in hack for two weeks. Hack. What is that? Well, hack usually means your flight suit is in the CO or all your flight gear is in the CO's office. And he controls your, your, uh, uh your flying for two weeks or for whatever time you're in hack. And so for these guys, their flight equipment was in the CO's office, uh, with they, they were, that symbolize that you're in trouble. And, and they were a permanent uh, d- duty officers for a couple of weeks. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's typical punishment for any yeah. uh, aviator, you know, permanent ODO for a week or two or, or whatever. Right. But that. if you get your flight gear in the CO's office, you're really in, you're really in uh, trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so, so we uh, fly back. There's, I, I, I want to keep going here, but how we transpect, uh, 
is very interesting uh, back in back in the day. Maybe we can get back to that some other time. So okay, uh, well, really tr- quickly, if you would tell what Transpac is, and then uh, yeah, I'm assuming I'm you're talking about the the C-130s and the duck butts and all that good stuff. Yep, that's it. The one third, all the 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 five one thirties. Half the squadron would take off. The five thirties would be in line. We would plug, and the C nines would be our pathfinders, and then okay. we'd go to the C one thirties and refuel with them. We had to toboggan down to keep our speed up. So we'd be in the high teens by the time we got uh, done refueling. Then we'd go back up, find the uh, C9, and then press on. Oh, it was it was quite a spectacle to see wow. five 130s across the beam. You know, it was, it was, yeah. Uh, wow. but, but back then, that's that's how you transpac. And transpac is is uh, when you fly your airplanes uh, over over the Pacific, uh, go, going over to far east. So we had Translant, which is going to uh, Europe or going to the Sure. Um, yeah. So hey, now, now, Smitty, I got a quick question for you. So, so back then, um, I know when uh, when we Westpacked, uh, it was tr- traditionally uh, one squadron would fly the airplanes over, and the airplanes would stay in Westpac for like a year, and so we would swap out airplanes, and then the the second squadron that had the airplanes would end up taking them back. Did you guys do the same thing with the A fours? You take them both ways. Yes. Yes. We, we did the same thing in the uh, A force. Okay. Um, in fact, I, uh, that was my next story, my, my next okay. uh, slot, 11. And so we had a great, great, uh, CO and, and that you'll hear me. I, I was just so blessed to be around some great COs and, and great people like lawman and, and, uh, those guys, I was just, I was just really fortunate. So anyway, so I, I mean, two eleven, and I'm fortunate enough to, uh, get chosen to go to WTI. So, so I worked really hard and, and, and uh, that and, and show up at WTI and, and there's three, eight, four guys. There are only three, eight, four guys. Uh, and they're all from the West coast, two eleven, two fourteen, and three eleven. The East coast couldn't even get guys ready to go. And there were no Harrier guys. Of course, the Harrier is the same, you know, light attack and safe for So a lot of our missions and all that uh, cross between the two communities so there was only three of us there uh nacho uh cater and me so okay. so it's fine you know it's three weeks of of uh fire hose uh academics all that so we start flying so um so the a4 used jato takeoff bottles and so the first time we used them, that we were clean, uh, no ordinance or anything. So we were clean. And so we'd take off and, and uh, it was a kick to the pants. It was actually a lot of fun. Uh, next time we used them, like the next day, we were fully loaded. We had a, a sick pack of Mark 82s and a sick pack of Napron. And uh, uh, so we'd take off. Well, now it's Tabor's turn to take off. And, and so, uh, he takes off, lifts it up, brings his gear up, Jader bottles run out, and he settles back onto the runway. So uh, he's on the runway. He, he gets airborne somehow. Now he's completely rubbed off the bottom of his of his fuel tank. So all the fuel is just gushing out. <laughs> uh, uh, crossing, uh, uh, 
32nd Avenue. Yeah, I mean, you guys can just oh imagine. Oh, gosh. Right in the Yuma, Arizona? So, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, got another big, you know, big thing. And, and so, so they tell him, go to Chocolate uh, Mountains and, uh, and just chain everything off. Just don't bring anything back. Just chain everything off there. So that's what he does. He comes back. We continue on with our mission. And so, so he gets back and, you know, he gets yelled at. And it was kind of a group thing. <laughs> they yelled at that, you know, you guys, you know, guys, you know, get on the books. Cause they, he screwed up his, his, uh, his airspeeds. So we screwed it up later on next week. Now we're doing casts and we're out to the chocolate mountains and we're to have inert 82s, not like, so, uh, we're practicing 10 degree and, and that, well, so. Uh, we, we had a fact on the ground and artillery, the 109s were marking our target. And so, so we were, this is our first run. So I come in do the pop and that, uh, clear hot, you know, and you know, all that. So, so he grass and uh, now Tater's turn. So he comes in and calls popping and, and the facts that are looking and, and Tater says swings level and. And the fact's still looking, and he hears this, and the bomb comes off. Oh, and, boy. And the fact goes, what the fuck? I didn't give you a clear hot. And so, so he pulls off and that. And so what Tater had done is he had zeroed in on the smoke from the 109 when it, uh, when it uh, fired the shot, the shot over. Oh, so, oh shit. Um, he, he zeroed he in on the cannon. On yes. Oh. Fortunately, yes. But they were pissed. Gee, I can't. So, so, so this we, is a WTI class. I know it. And so we get back. Now we now we get yelled at. Everybody's yelling at us, and you know, holy cow, what the, our instructors are getting yelled at, and you know that. So, no shit. So, uh, so we go we go about you know a few more days. Now we're uh, doing air refueling at low level, doing a thousand feet, five hundred feet. And it was uh, in April, so it was bumpier than whatever. You know, the baskets were doing figure eights out there. And everybody, they have been at the basket, you know. And so, so we, everybody kind of gets in and all that. Well, now it's Tater's turn. So he gets on there and, and that. And I'm, I'm off now, off to the side, waiting for, for him to finish up. And all of a sudden, I hear, hear I flamed down. Oh, shit. You know, we're low level. Barely doing 250, and that's the 130. Couldn't do too much right. more than 50. Right. Oh, shit. So, so I'm watching me. So I see the airplane go back and start sinking down, and, and he gets relit. So, holy shit. Wow. So, but he said, Tater, head back. You're, you are, you are RTB. And so, uh, so he gets back, and, you know, one strike, you're good, two strikes. By the time you third strike, you're out of there. So he packs his stuff and leaves. So now it's just Nacho and I. And God, they are brutal. The, the hairier guys and the eight four guys are just brutal. There's only two of us. There's usually about ten. Yeah. So there's so like you're saying the guys, oh, the instructor cod right now. It was just oh. all them against you two, right? Oh it man, just, he's the living shit out of you, probably. It was brutal. Oh. And, so we make it through all of that. And, and so we, we start the, the last seven sorties and, uh, and they're, you know, big, big, uh, uh, strike packages. We have Air Force there, Navy's there and, and that. And, and so, 
So we have this one mission, third mission in, and uh, uh, I'm flying with Steve Friss, and and we're we're down low doing uh, uh, combat uh, spread combat turns down in the valley. Next valley over was supposed to be Nacho and Bach. Same Bach was from two fourteen, okay. and Bach went down on the trucks, and so you know, we were able to go single ship. So Nacho goes single ship. So he's in the next valley over. Just the way the mechanics of all that work, we were in the restricted area. We were going to have to leave the restricted area, do a about a 10-minute, 10, 15-minute 10, low level to get us back around to do our target attack. Steve and I get ready to push, and we're, we're heading out, and we hear this, knock it off, knock it off, knock it off. Fire pump in the target area. Shit. Every knocks off, we have to go dump our... Uh, dump our bombs over to Chocolate Mountains and RGB. So do all that. And I'm sitting there with the A4 guys and, and the Ops O comes in and says, we're Nacho. We don't know. He's a flight time hog. He's probably out flying around. <laughs> so the later say, oh, Nacho. It's Nacho that went in it. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You guys real solemn real, real quick. There's a CH-46 out there. It's kind of the range safety and, and all of that. Well, it so they see the fireball? These, yeah, they, they see all of this and, and no shoot. So they're going, well, crap. So they just, they pick up, they go back to Yuma to get the medical personnel and the body back, right? Because it's right. no shoot, you know, fireball. You know, yeah, find, find pieces of remains to identify and yeah, all that nasty stuff. Yeah, so yeah. they go back and they're flying out in the target area. And the, the, one of the waste owners said, hey, I see the pilot. And everybody goes, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Bad. So they sure. land, and here's Nacho leaning against the nose cone of the A4. There's a broken off and all that, but he's leaning against it. They land. He runs to the back of the helo. He doesn't have his helmet. He had a really nasty gash on his forehead, they think, from the HUD. And so he runs in the helo, sits down, puts the seatbelt on, he gives them a thumbs up. <laughs> so everybody's looking at each other. <laughs> They go back and somewhere back there, they, the flight surgeon said, Hey, I probably need to get you on the stretcher here. So they put him on the stretcher. They take him to the hospital that night. So I went and visited him. I said, Hacho, what the heck's going on? You know what? What happened? He does not remember. He does not remember anything. So Nacho's out. Now it's just me. So in 83, ever, ever feel lonely? Under the microscope, <laughs> only, I was the only light attack pilot that made it through WTI. And I'll tell you, I think when they gave me my certificate, they just get the hell out of here, man. Yeah. We're, we're wow. tired of you. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to get Nacho on to get, get his uh, perspective on We would that. love to get a hold of him. So, if people aren't following, what happened is he flew into the deck at 480, 500 knots, never ejected, and the airplane broke apart around him in such a way that he literally walked away from a, a impact with the ground crash. You know, we yeah. always said uh, we always said that the ground has a piece of K of 100. Oh, yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but actually, it's a 99.9 because of Nacho. Because of Nacho. Well, also, in fact, this R4 was taking film for BDA. And he, he got the airplane crashing. No so way. there's, there's actually film out there somewhere. I, I've seen it. Of course, I was there at, there at the time. 
yeah. but uh, somewhere around there, there's a uh, there's a film of the airplane hitting, and you can see the nose cone as it comes down. The the uh, wings come off obviously uh, immediately, so now it's just basically the engine uh, heading down down range. The nose cone breaks off and goes to the right, and it kind of tumbles and and that. And then the the engine starts tumbling. It's just tumbling, tumbling, you know, a uh, hundred times. Yeah. Just you know, this is going so fast. So yeah. the, there's actually film out there of, of that no uh, crash somewhere. Boy, if anybody has that, please send it to yeah. us. We would oh love gosh. to share that with folks. That, I have uh, I have never seen it since. Never, never yeah. seen it. Just just out there at WTI. Hey, Smitty, so, we uh, we we uh, I, I think we've covered this before, but uh, I repeat, correct me if I'm wrong. WTI? Did, did we define that? I think we did. Yeah. Weapons and tactics instructor course. It's the Marine Corps equivalent of, for lack of a better word of top gun. Yeah. It's where we go to be the tacticians in the aircraft and okay. So strike package. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I go back to, to, to it, Lavin, and, and, you know, kind of, kind of normal stuff. And we get this new Lieutenant come in Oscar. And so we're captains now we're mischievous. We decided that it'd be great fun to take Oscar to the CO's chair. And then put him behind the CEO's desk when the skipper went out for lunch. So that's what we did. We taped him to the CEO's chair. He's making such a rack that we had to put tape over his mouth too. So, <laughs> so the CEO walks into his, into his office and there's Oscar taped to his chair and he's got the tape over his mouth. Oh my God. So animal, great. One of the best CEOs ever. He rolls. Oscar in his chair down to the ready room, and we're all down there in the ready room. And he says, gentlemen, untape Oscar from my chair and get it back to my office immediately. So I go, Oscar, and he has such a great humor. I mean, he had fun, too. So then, I don't know, a week later or whatever, we decided that it'd be great fun to take Oscar to the flagpole. So... That's what we did. We went Wait, out. Flagpole in front of the squadron or in, in front squadron. of the base? Okay. Yeah. No, no, in the squadron. <laughs> All right. And so this skipper comes out and you know, he sees Oscar out there. Yeah. Comes down the river. Okay, Joe, let's <laughs> untape Oscar from the flagpole, please. <laughs> oh, God. It was, it, was, it was great fun. Or Oscar. It was great fun. Oh, so man. let's see. What else? So, so we get, you know, change command and we had overseas and this is where we changed the squadron. So, so the airplanes that were already over there, we were going to go over and fly those and our airplanes were just going to swap out. So right. Okay. Actually on the advanced party to go over, we had to do test flights and acceptance checks and, and all that on um, all the airplanes, 20 airplanes over there. I went by myself. So I go, Hey, this is great, man. I get to fly 20 airplanes. So I went over there and. And I uh, did that. The uh, deployment, pretty normal. You know, everything is kind of normal. And, and so it's time to to come back. So squadron's getting ready to tra- transpat back to El Toro. So, so I was on the advance party going over. I was on the advance party going back. So I'm hanging out there at El Toro. We didn't have a message board or anything. So I was hanging out mostly up group. And yeah, group pops up was a good friend of mine. So hanging out up there and come in and the officer says, Hey, you guys just had a gear up landing. Go, what? So I get on the phone and call. Yeah. And crash freehand. And that was really his call sign. 
Crash. Landed, crash. Oh. Landed gear up. And he's actually flying clouds. Of course, it does no damage to the airplane. They should get the cherry picker, pick it up, lower the gear, take it, and uh, uh, put new drop tanks on, and, and the airplane's good as new. Nice. <laughs> so then the, the skipper with our new WTI, they fly down to Kadena, and now they have three tanks. So, you know, they got tons of gas. And so they'd fly down to Kadena. And so they decided to do the island low level back up to the mainland, Honshu, main island. And so they did that. And, and for some reason, instead of popping up at the last island, they stayed low across the land. And down there uh, south is Kagoshima. It's an international airport. Oh, yeah. So the Spur yeah, and EI go blowing across Kagoshima International Airport at 500 feet. With 747s taking off landing. Oh, that's rich. Oh, man. That is rich. So, so they land, and I got their message on that. Holy shit. I can so, imagine the phone calls going on over that. <laughs> oh, no imagine way. day or so, two days later, I'm in Opsos, you know, just hanging out up there. And he, he says, hey, Smitty, he says, how come your skipper's here? Said, ah, the skipper's not here. They're getting ready to trans. What do you mean? He says, no, I just saw that your skipper go down to the SEALs office. Really? So, shit. So, I... Go down there and kind of peek around. If you go to the exos office, kind of peek in. Sure enough, there's a skipper down. So the skipper got sitting back. The oh. Japanese were really pissed about that. So they decided to get the skipper off island. I never saw the skipper after that. He never, he never came to the squadron uh, area. <laughs> I, I, I told all the troops, Hey, the skipper's back. We got to make sure we do the right things. So, um, I wonder whose office his flight gear was in. <laughs> no, again, he's in the deals office. So now the, the XO, who is Wiz, who is a former tennis pilot, Blue Angel. I mean, this guy was fantastic. We loved this guy. So now he's left to bring squadron back. We're on the first uh, refueling cycle, and now we're, now we're flying KC-10s. And so now we can fly from Iwakuni to... To like directly wake, to Wake right? Island, yeah. where before we had to go to Guam, then to Wake, then to Cape Bay, and then, then back to the West Coast. So we're flying directly to to uh, Wake Island. And so so he's at uh, uh, Wiz, refuels, and, and Jake is the next one in. So Jake hits the basket, and the hose splits right in front of the knuckle. Oh. Just pours pours fuel down the intakes and of course now the airplane starts surging and and oh, that Chris said yeah when i looked over it said that uh, out of every orifice of the airplane there was a there was a blue flame coming out <laughs> so so he ejects he he ejects and oh, and boy. that he ejects in a into an overcast and so Come and they're down. out over the water, right, Smitty? Yeah. Well, they're a couple hundred miles. Oh, shit. So he's going down, and, and he gets a seat man separation at 15,000 feet. So he's in the chute now, and he's hearing this stuff go by. Well, the wreckies, some of the wreckies, he must have ejected upside down. And so some of the wreckies is above him. So now he's in a, in a spare chute, and the pieces are coming down. Going, oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> that'll get your attention. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no kidding. Oh. So he hits the water, and, gets, and so the duck butt comes, 
and drops him like a 32-man raft, and he crawls into that. They get a a Japanese fishing trawler to come pick him up. So he's he's in the fishing trawler now. And he said, they kept trying to give me a sake. He says, no, 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 no alcohol, no, no. So the Hilo out of Atsugi came to pick him up. I think he had to get back into, into the water. I think he had to jump out of the boat and, and that. So they, they get the bass. He gets in the basket. Well, he said the, the Navy got the Navy drugging through the water. He says, I thought he was going to drown. So they were dragging him through the water, getting him up before they got him up and, and that. So he's got, holy crap. That's just pure harassment. Right there. <laughs> so, I just wish you'd have stayed on so, the fishing boat and had some sake. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so anyway, so there, airplanes come back. The CO did not get relieved, which I was really surprised about. Yeah. So during this, you know, now I'm at WTI. Well, we got to the end of the year and there was fiscal crunch and we didn't have uh, flight time, enough uh, money for flight time and all that. So I'm the WTI and so I'm going, well, I still need to get X's in the box, right? There's no money for fuel. So I call up the Alameda Reserve Squadron that's flying the A3Ds that were configured to be tankers. Yeah. And so I was going up to Fallon and having them meet me over at Fallon and getting a full bag of fuel. And so so I did this for like a couple of months. And we were doing night refueling, which is you know big, you know, that's hard to do. That's sure. hard. You know, so I was getting I was getting all these guys night taking and all that. So they get back, you know, after a while and it comes down from probably wing, but the group calls and says how come you guys are logging all this flight time and you're only burning this much fuel? You're only getting charged with this much fuel. And so we're just so that good, com- Skipper. <laughs> we are the brilliant. Com- that's the denominator was me. So they go, Smitty, are you fat fingering all your flight time and all that? And I said, said no, no. So I told him what I was doing. But guys, we're just refueling with the, with the all three dead uh, reserves. Three Delta. Nice. Yeah. 3D. And so they, um, uh, they, they made me stop. It's like, good boy. They made me stop doing that. So, so. <laughs> burning Navy gas, sir. Okay. Navy on, gas. <laughs> our fuel. That's free. And they, 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 they didn't even want to charge. So, well, you know, said, ah, don't worry about it. You know, we'll probably dump it anyway. Well, like that. Uh, so, so now those we, were heady times, weren't they? I mean, talk about military budgets and those, even though the Marines didn't have any money for fuel and airplanes. Oh. So, Smitty, yeah, I, I have a, I have a stop you real quick. I have a question. This is about the right time frame. I, I, I had written down earlier in my notes that you were in the, uh, you were a force from 78 to 86. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Down in uh, El Toro. Yes. Um, there was a incident and I think it was in 85 or 86 in El Toro where uh, Lance Corporal crew, crew plane captain. Were you there when that I happened? Was- I was there for that. Yeah. Okay. That was uh, obviously Fly it like you stole it. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I, that's been written about a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was 214. And Frank Kennedy Waldo was the AMO. And I was next door in 211. Yeah. We, we came to work and there were you no know, whispers, all this, all this talk and all that. Somebody stole an airplane last night. We. Does <laughs> uh, that happen? Yeah, I, I, I was at Officer Candidate School that summer, Smitty, and uh, the our sergeant instructor came and pinned this 
was it Navy Times or some article on the wall said, see you uh, candidates that have the aviation contracts aren't that special. Lance Corporal flew that A-4 around last night or whenever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he ended up, he had our safety officer, Frosty's pocket checklist, you know, he, in, in his pocket. He took that. And Frosty was still trying to figure out how he got it. But yeah, he, he had Frosty's uh, bucket checklist uh, in there. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a great story on, on himself. Yeah. But he had to have uh, an accomplice because how did he get the plane started by himself? Oh, that's right. He couldn't oh, no, the A4 right? was a self-starter, wasn't it? No, yeah, it had to have a huffer. No, no, it had JFS. Yeah. Oh, started. the mic single. Oh, the mic yeah. had that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The TA4s did not, but yeah, the yes. mic had self-starting. Yeah. Uh, or else okay. it would never have been able to start because the Marine Corps wouldn't, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't buy them. That's <laughs> right. Silly me. All right. Yeah, I'm, but, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can, please continue, uh, sir. No problem. So, uh, so we have a change of command later on, you know, uh, six, eight months later. So now Wes is the CO and uh, again, you know, a great guy and, and we, since he blew angel, we all tried to start at the same time that, you know, we were, we were, sure. oh, we were, oh yeah, we, we fell. So we, we stopped trying to do that. <laughs> it, it was an embarrassment. So, so anyway, so, so now Wiz, uh, we're, we're on a late Friday. Everybody's at the club, but me, I'm the ODO and Wiz is trying to get the last airplane out for, to get up for the weekend. Of course, you know, we're always trying to get the, airplanes up on Friday. So you got Saturday and Sunday as, as good, uh, good airplane. So he's out flying. I'm looking at my client. Like, come on, Skipper, let's go. Everybody's at the club. I get a phone call from range and saying, Hey, wait, zero one just went down off the San Clemente, whatever. No, no. What? Oh shit. Everybody's at the club. So I call, I call over to the club and ask for, for the ops. Oh, and, and he finally comes on and I said, I'm so we got to grab everybody. Skipper just went down and he says, bullshit, Smitty. If you bullshit and he hangs up. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. So I, so it's Friday afternoon back. buffoonery. We're not believing your shit. Yeah, really? So I called back <laughs> and I said, call sign was Zeus. I said, Zeus, really? You grab the safety officer, grab everybody and get back over here. So he says, Smitty. He said, if this is a prank, I'm going to kill you. You're going to be a permanent ODO and you know, all of these threats. Well, well, they finally drag in and, and sure enough, you know, Skipper had gone down. Now, that was not good. But he made it out, no problem, picked him up and no injuries and, and that. Was he, out, was he out on a PMCF check uh, on that post-maintenance check flight? Full, oh. full check ride, yeah. Oh, oh boy. And, and, uh, and so like the following Saturday or something or whatever, it was on a Saturday. We got a phone call from the skipper from Wiz. Say, hey, Smitty, can you come in and help me out for a little bit? I said, well, sure. Sure, skipper. So I go in and no POVs were allowed on the flight line. Well, the skipper had his truck down on the flight line by the office. Well, that's odd. So I come down and walk in and, and he's packing the stuff up. And he looks at me and says, well, Smitty, we had a change of command this morning. On a Saturday? <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. oh, so boy. He, <laughs> That's not good. He got fired for that. And around that time period, we were crashing eight fours like crazy. Magic and Surfer from 211, Surfer crashed in an airplane doing some ACM. We had 311 
was going overseas and they had two airplanes collide at the tanker. And then another squadron airplane had an emergency and uh, lost the generator night, of course. He was on his raft. And so he landed and below 65 knots, the rat loses power. And right. so the airplane right. goes, goes, goes blank it's, you know, it's on, on a dark runway. But Dash 2 lands, freaking runs into him. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. COXO and OPSO got fired on that one. There was a lot of turmoil in the, in the community about that time frame. And I got a story about uh, Perny. He was the group CEO at the time, probably Force. So if you yeah. guys know oh, oh yeah. I, I dealt oh, yeah. with General Herney on numerous occasions uh when yes. he was the second Moss CG. Um, oh yeah. Not not uh let's say this. He was a stern man. <laughs> he was <laughs> not pleasant. And I ran across Herney when he was a major, when uh when uh he was a colonel and then general. And for some reason, I don't know why. He liked me, and in that fact, he's he's the one that got me hairier orders. He said he called me and said, "Smitty, you need to get out of the oars and and get some time in the hairier before you know before there's a big mad rush." So I I do owe, owe that to him. Nice. So, Smitty, I got to ask you one question. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I want you to find something for us. You you use the term rat. Uh, that was a. A, a propeller that went down into the airstream. If, if you lost in A4, Mike, anyway, it was electrical. Some of them were hydraulic, but uh, in A4, Mike, it was electric. So if you lost your generator, you could pop the rat out and, and it would spin and, and give you some essential uh, electricity in, into the airplane. Because A4 did not have a battery. Rat stood for Ram Air Turbine. And it's a, a little little bitty generator. Little Just windmill. Give you a little power. Yeah. Right yeah. Okay. It sorry. worked above 65 knots. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because after that shit got dark. Real quick. And so then my next, 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 uh, squatter was 331. Of course, I went to Cherry Point. Boy, I I'm sorry. I went to Cherry Point as a captain and, uh, uh, checked in to Mac 14. They gave me like knee tops and I didn't have anything to do, but, but for about a month or so. And, I'm in the group CEO's meeting. Colonel Savage was the uh, group CEO, and he's and they're still flying A's and that. So uh, he's he's yelling at all the CEOs, "Come on, you guys, you're crashing that barriers. We got to get control and all that." In the meantime, you you can look out over. I believe it's a South Pad, and here's Dell Weber, a legend in the Harrier community. He could do things in Harrier nobody else could even dream of. So. But as the COs are getting yelled at, the COs that could look through the and see outside, here's Dale Weber at the South Pad in a full nose down, and he's he's doing a circle like this. He's pirouetting oh. around the nose, right? Yeah. Pirouetting around the And I tried that in the simulator. I crashed every time. There's there's no <laughs> way. Every time. <laughs> they don't know who's flying the airplane. So the COs kind of end up moving on. <laughs> I hope that's not my guy. Yeah, no, yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> you know, through 203, uh, well, I got a couple of stories, but whatever. And so I, I end up in 331 and, uh, with Gallo, great CEO, fantastic CEO. 
Uh, gosh, I, I get in right after Jazz had jumped out of the airport, and the dad, the first uh, B dad, just got back. So I check in, oh. and I was there for a week or so. I'm in the ready room, and admin comes down and says, "Major, I'm now I'm a major, Major Smith. Uh, uh, you need to report to legal at 10 a.m. this morning." And of course, all the cat calls from down. Ooh, you know, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. And well, what the heck? What is so I on? go down and. Man, I go to legal and there's sheriff officers around and they're handcuffing greens, putting them out to the car and they're glorifying. So my, my name gets called and I go, yeah, Major Smith, you know, that's me. So, so this lawyer walks up to me, says, you've been served. I'm going, what the hell? And it's divorce papers. And I'm going, I just, I just kissed Carol goodbye a couple hours ago. And we're talking about what we're going to have for dinner. So. That yeah. was a quick friend around, you know? Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking at it. So I open it up and I don't recognize any of the names or anything. So I turn it back. And it was S M I T H. I spell my with a Y. Yeah. So I, oh my gosh. Uh, hey, Ron, Ron Major Smith. I had to show him ID to tell him that no, really, this is not me. So so I go back and it was the other major who was OIC of the debt. It oh, was his boy. just got tired of that public crap. And, uh, and lifting. So gosh. Oh, and so, so, you know, we have the normal deaths and so we are going to a debt at Yuma and, uh, Gallo wanted a big 14 plane, you know, big hoorah, uh, the first day out. So we, we fly in. So the next day we have this big gaggle going out and, and I have a, oh, and since I'm the WTI, I coordinate everything. So we have a, uh, OE4M is going to be a race state safety officer right, airplane, and they were going to go around and make sure the, the target was clear and then check us in with range control. So we're doing a low level coming in. We got live bombs. And so I'm in the first division and I'm the CAD, uh, suppression of enemy air defenses. So we were right. taking the ZSU 24s and the SA 4 And so we had Zunis and 2.75s. So we, to our packs and that we fire off everything. We go off and, and we're ready to ride a boo. Now the skipper's right behind about two minutes. I think it's two minutes, two and a half minutes, three minutes. And so he's, he comes and he pops, he rolls down and his division was going to, going to cut the runway. So uh, I hear a knock it off, knock it off, knock it off. And I go, oh shit. So everybody goes up and, and, uh, Gallo says in his HUD, he could see this white Bronco in the target area, getting the heck out of Dodge because we had obviously woken him up oh, with boy. the Goonies. So, the, so this white Bronco, he said it, it was hitting the ground about every 10 feet because it was bouncing so much. <laughs> 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 it's time to so, go. <laughs> the old A4 Mike uh, uh, range sweeper, he didn't sweep so good or something. Yeah, right? the old board didn't. And it was 22. So, oh my so, gosh. So we had the normal squatter and debts and that, and we did one debt to Fallon. So I'm bringing uh, two ship back and then we're following two F-18s. And so, uh, they're a couple of miles ahead of us. So they come in and they break and then, then they're grinding base and lead lands, normal goes out and two lands short. It, it, it's a two seater. He lands short. Now we're coming up for the break now. And. And he lands, there's dust and rocks and everything going everywhere. So he staggers and gets airborne again. And we're going, holy crap. And so, so, uh, 
So he gets everyone turns down wind. He says, hey, I've lost hide one. So, well, okay, no problem. So he goes around and the tower said, hey, the, the runway's spotted. And they're going, well, we're declaring an emergency. We're laying. And so he's coming around, he hits, hits about the 90. And he says, hey, I've lost hide two. And so on the back radio, I said, gosh, you know, on the Harrier, you lose high dude, both That's wide, it. you're out of there. Well, in the F-18, it's the same. Right? He's, you see this, poof, poof. so they jump out at the 90. The airplane oh, goes oh. in fireball and, and that. And, and so the tower says, okay, yeah. airport's closed and you guys got to go someplace else. And I'm going, no, 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 no. I said, we'll, we'll land at midfield, well away from everything. And, you know, I, I didn't want to divert. I ended up doing a 60 knot, you know, land and then just turn sure. off that. So on the back radio, Ops calls us and says, Hey, uh, are you guys okay? I said, yeah. I said, that was F-18 that crashed. So they heard an airplane that crashed on the field. And, right. And that. So for, for once, it wasn't a Harrier. One of the Hornets did. <laughs> wasn't us. Yeah. For once, it wasn't us. So. And because you were in a Harrier, you didn't need all the runway. And you'd go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to land at the far end. No problem. Oh, yeah. Land, yeah. you know, 500 feet short of the of the taxiway and just taxi off. Now we're back at Cherry Point and, and the skipper, Gallo, always wanted to see who the best pilots were and the squadron and all of that. So he wanted to find out who the field grade, who the the best uh, pilot was. And so it was the skipper, the XO snake, the OPSO, oh, I'm sorry, the AMO buckwheat and me, AMO. And we we're the fort field grade. So he says, all right, we're going to go out to the warning area. We're going to have 500 foot separation. And he's going to take a cardinal heading out, go five miles out, turn back in and the fight's on. Right. So so it's whoa, the, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a 4v4, 1v1? What, what, what? It was everybody against everybody. <laughs> oh, it was, goal. It, was a, it was a free-for-all. What could possibly oh. go wrong? I don't see, I don't see anything going <laughs> no, wrong no. here. <laughs> okay, okay we, now you got my hey, attention, Smitty. I was a WTI, right? So and I, I was the uh, uh, OPSO, so I arranged everything. I arranged with the range control to give me vectors for GCI, ground controlled intercept. Right. So, so on the way out, yes. I gave each one of the guys a, a different squawk. And so the CO had one. So I knew that he was magic zero one when, you know, we turn in and all that. Well, you know, I systematically just shot everybody. Okay. Uh, Fox two skipper, you're dead. You know, and, and, and they couldn't figure out why I knew their name and, and who was flying the airplane. You know, in the airborne, you really couldn't tell. And so, uh, and the, because you're the WTI and you just know that shit. You know that shit. <laughs> That's right. So I'm getting vectored around. I'm shooting everybody down on, on every pass. And so the skipper's motto was if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. And on. so he had told me he'd done this before. So I was aware of it. In fact, I told the controllers, this case, we all take the Cardinal Heady. Well, there's only three airplanes. The, the controllers are only showing three airplanes. I'm going, I know what Gallo. It was the XO. He got right underneath the XO. And now he's following the XO out on his, on his head. So, so as soon as he's going to turn back in, the skipper's going to shoot him, right? Well, I got vectors to the skipper. So I now we have three airplanes basically in line. So to so turn back in, Gallo, you know, wakes a probate amount of time, you know, and all that. And the cost 
fucks too. And so, you know, airplane heading, you know, whatever and all that. And so we, we, have, we have a pitch out altitude way to get out, get out of the fight and all that. So then I call Fox two on a skipper. Fox two, magic zero and you're dead. And so you see this wing rock and all that. So then I get vectors around uh, and I kill Buckwheat. So anyway, so I lead the four planes back to, to Cherry Point and, you know, victorious and all that. And so we went to the hot uh, pot pits and hot refueled. And then we were going on onto a, uh, uh, cross country. So, so we launch and, and that and later on that night, I don't even, I think we went to right path. We're at the Oak club and we have a couple of beers. And so I said, gentlemen, I stood up that I like to, to, uh, to say that I had the best GCI I've ever had today. And so they'll look me one that then they finally realized what, what I had done. <laughs> And they poured beer on me. I had a beer shower. Uh, and they're going, you asshole. <laughs> so, oh, that was great. Yeah, that was a great fun. Uh, gosh, uh, there's, there's, there's so many stories. We, hey, we went hey Smitty, the, the snake that, the snake that you uh, uh, mentioned there, was that Buin? No, no. Uh, okay, different snake. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. We He's the one who gave Otto his call sign. Yeah. 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 Otto. Otto. Yeah. I was there. What are you on full automatic there, you? <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's a big deal, Dave. You get the, get the guns on and do that and get the away yeah. for it and run the, run the banner and a uh, big yeah. deal. So we, you know, call in and uh, one and pass. Otto, I, don't, I don't remember what his call sign was before. Calls off, I'm Winchester. <laughs> One pass, two's off, on, Winchester. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. Got his uh, call sign. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, listen, gosh, what, there's, there's so many more. Um, uh, well, uh, we, we have a change command, and, and now we have Hunter. And uh, this is where Lawman uh, was kind of talking about Hunter. Oh, the uh, Lieutenant Savoy incident was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. And so, uh, so I, I've got a couple of lawman stories and, uh, oh, let's uh, hear one. one. He was, he was my uh, QA officer. So we're at Eva Cooney. He, he takes a, a, a check flight up. And so he decides he wants to see how fast he can get the Herod. So he gets up 40,000 feet or so. He pulls it over and starts going down. Well, at whatever mock number, he starts getting a adverse yawn. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, scaring him to death. You kind of got to be careful with the rudder at those air speeds, right? You don't want to have a cross control or whatever. So, scares yeah. him to death. So he pulls his power back. He finally gets gets uh, gets the airplane back on the deck. And he opens the eight tops and and it does. Yeah, yeah. There's a warning with the uh, refueling probe with, with the probe on uh, the probe on. You're restricted at nine eight nine six something, something like that. And a uh, lawman tells me this, right after I had already gotten out, I think he was a bird colonel now, after I'd gotten out, and it, it's kind of like the dad, you know, when yeah. he hears confession from his kids. You know, oh, yeah, you right, know, right. You know, that time man. you and mom went away, we had a party. <laughs> exactly. So, so he told me that story. I just, I just laughed. And also a story about the PI when we, when we were overseas and, and we're doing a section go, and 
into a, a 200 foot overcast. We get airborne, you get our gear sucked up. And one of the men says, Smita, I got, I got the firelight. What the hell? So I look over and say, you got the lead, start dumping. And so, so he starts his turn and starts dumping. Now we're, we're in the wisp of the 200 foot overcast. And so, so now I'm on the outside of a dumping fuel. So we comes around and, and that, and there were two F-18s sitting on the whole shirt watching this circus. And so <laughs> it comes in, lawman lands and there's, you know, uh, steam and everything go up and, and that. So now I'm still dumping. I go past and make sure he gets on the deck. Right? So I'm still dumping 200 feet around back in the Bay area and back in your oh, familiar boy. with Snoopy Bay. And, oh, and yeah. that. So, so now I finally land with, uh, I can do a slow landing. So I do a slow landing and get off and these. F-18 guys are going, going, God, let's, you know, those carrier guys, what a circus. <laughs> so, so, uh, but yeah, yeah, the, the skipper is very interested in, uh, in the airplanes, but, but, but back then the fire, we had a fire wire that went around and it used to get clipped or nicked all the time. So we, you know, fire lights were kind of not routine, but not unheard of. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't that big a deal. So, um, so anyway, let's see. Weren't so, you guys, weren't you guys threatened, uh, just short of your lives if you didn't bring that, those airplanes back from that weekend though? Cause you were getting ready to transfer well, back home. Absolutely. Oh yeah. 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 When the, when the troops came down, uh, I was the AMO at the time. So the troops came down. I said, you guys make sure you find something wrong with that wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's um, some wire clippers if you need them. <laughs> So, uh, so wow. they, they, they worked through that and, and, uh, that was, that was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then we transpect back. I, I can't think of any, any particular, uh, things that went awry on our, on our transpect back. But, uh, but then, then we had a, uh, I had a chase man of Fitzgerald. Jerry Fitzgerald took over the squadron. And this was right before the Gulf War. And okay. I've been in the squadron since about 87. So oh, wow. it's whenever that not 91, whenever yeah. 90. Well, that was a fall of 90 is when, uh, when Saddam crossed the line. So you guys probably deployed yeah, like, just, just before 91. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're on an eight month deployment with 20 airplanes and that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, you guys were on the NASA as I recall, right? Yeah, the NASA, nausea, yeah. the nausea, the USS NASA. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, but you were out before Thanksgiving. Didn't, did the president come up for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Yeah, uh, thanks to you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so so we saw the first lady, Schwarzkopf, uh, Powell, everybody was was on the on the ship. I we have some good pictures. But you, you know what was really interesting is we had the president and all that. And we, we had the Secret Service come on beforehand. Sure. And uh, and that, but you know, we, we had our nine millimeters in our rooms, you know, locked up in oh, our yeah. lock. They, they didn't make us, you know, take those back to the army or anything. So we yeah, you know, the trust, I guess, you know, I was kind of special trust cool. and confidence, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so can you confirm or let, shed any light on the story about nightmare asking Barbara Bush for a hug? Uh, no, don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was nightmare that asked her for a hug it, when, when you guys got to meet everybody, something. Yeah. Maybe. And of course his name is Reagan. So everyone's, she's like, Oh, right. that's yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. There were some guys that got up and 
more personal. In fact, we have pictures of Bush in the airplane, and I don't remember. I think it was oh. tiny joining the cockpit. So some of them got got up close. I wasn't one of them. I was back in the back of the back of the field there. But uh, have you guys heard about uh, nightmares uh, when he uh, ejected? Uh, only from him, but that's been many years ago. I'm sure you've got more details in mind yeah, than I do. Hear it. Yeah, let's hear oh. it, Smitty. Well, he's uh, he probably tells about a story, but they were he and Wolf, yeah, was, and they were at altitude, and we we're flying the 406s at that time. They had Hydromax, which you right. just think of as a carburetor, right. right? And so they're at altitude, and and a bolt had had worked itself off the fuel control. And so the engine went to idle. Man, he, no matter what he did, the oh, engine was So he starts coming down. And so they, they start, you know, they're talking to center and determiners and all that. And so they're going, well, you can divert, you know, all over these airfields. The problem is he's at idle. He has no way of getting around in that. And uh, uh, all the airports were surrounded by, by cones and that. So that. Uh, Probably we're over the water, probably better left seat, right seat. Can't get the same relet. And so, so he's down there. I think it's a 5,000 feet. So, all right, well, this is it. So, so they're paralleling the beach, man. And Wolf is on that outside. So, uh, uh, so the plan was he's going to eject the airplane, just go down in, into the water and, and that. And so, so Nightmare jacks and the airplane makes a right turn right to the beach. And, Shit. <laughs> and Wolf, Wolfie is is talking not uh, low voice on the scenario around this. Then once it went right, it went. Their plane, their plane went right. Their plane's going to the beach. <laughs> and we, we actually had the ATC recording that it was it's hilarious. And so the airplane fortunately overflies the beach where people were on the beach. Oh my and gosh! A marsh behind it. And the airplane stuck in the marsh like like a like a dart, like a big lawn dart, huh? <laughs> just the tail of the airplane picking up out of the dart. You know, it was it was hilarious. We had to strike you, but uh, but uh, yeah. So it overflew the beach, overflew the people, landed in the marsh on the other side of the beach. All right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So let's see what else. Uh, uh, with Desert Storm, you know, we had the tragedy of uh, losing Manny and Reggie. That was right. Yeah. Manny was, uh, it's my dash four. It was me. It's, that was my flight uh, coming back. And, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I think Scorch was on that flight and maybe ET. I can't remember, but, but Manny was, uh, was the dash last. He was the last one. We were on the, we were on the anchor. And I don't remember where we were. Uh, we're we're next to a country, and they did want us to fly over the country. And so they had us. the The boat was swinging. The BRC was going everywhere, and they had us ninety degrees out to the boat, and then come in, turn, come back around, and then they went. And I almost yeah. died. I I forgot to put my water on. Oh shit! So I was coming around. And man, when I went off wingborn flight, that airplane went down. Everybody was screaming at me. Power, power. So I go through the limiters and holy shit. So I go over the turn of the ship and land and holy crap. So I'm right. I'm downstairs uh, uh, um, 
it was the dash to Scorch. Scorch came in and, okay. and th- that, that's when Manny, that's when Manny, uh, uh, took it in. So, so I, I, I got to tell you the story about Scorch. Uh, you know, he was a, he became he, a, uh, he went to NASA, right? He went to NASA and, and was pilot for two of the uh, missions, 117 and one other one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Scorch, he was the first lieutenant in the squadron and, and we were having all sorts of problems with our flaps. And that we were, in fact, that, that's what caused, uh, um, uh, you know, many crashes and, uh, yeah. which jazz beating one of them. And so no, nozzle, uh, nozzle blast impingement. Nozzle blast. Yeah. So, yeah. so he gets, he gets a flat failure. I'm going, uh, you know, leaving nozzles in. So he comes in and lands. And so he didn't beat the flaps up. So he put the nozzles aft. So he oh. taxied it with the flaps down. And I'm telling you, those flats were burnt through and through. Oh boy! <laughs> I- I'm guessing that's how he got the call sign Scorch. That <laughs> got Scorch. Yeah, that you know, you, you guys could do a whole show on call signs. All yeah, right. absolutely. Well, we, well, we kind of did, but we've got a lot more to go. I know for sure. I just oh. know to give people an idea. So the the, uh, the Harrier has four nozzles, two cold nozzles and two hot nozzles. The cold nozzles come off the compressor section in the engine. The hot nozzles come off the turbine section in the engine, and, and it's a couple, couple 300 degrees Celsius. And that's why we had to land uh, on, on any kind of a blacktop. We had to land with forward motion so we wouldn't do it. I remember being at the air show in Lebanon, New Hampshire, in 90, I think it was 90, might've been 93, but I think it was 94 and, uh, left a little Harrier kiss on their ramp there. At one point I put my nozzles down at idle and then went, Oh yeah, it's blacktop, put it up, got out of the airplane. And there was, uh, you know, melted, uh, two, two melted spots where the, we call it a Harrier kiss. <laughs> you you can always, uh, you always tell where Harrier was, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey Smitty, how much, uh, how much flight time did you, um, retire out of the Marine Corps with? Gosh, I had about forty three hundred hours, and and how much Oof. of that was in the uh, Harrier? I think just shy about eighteen hundred, and I had about two thousand. See if the math works out uh, in the uh, A four might. Uh, yeah, so a couple hundred in flight school and everything else in uh, in Harrier. In yeah, J OE four M's. Well, I discovered early on that. I could get extra flight time if I flew uh, for the hams, flew the T-birds. Right. So I became a fac attacker. And so, so when I wasn't flying in the squadron, they were always looking for pilots. So uh, in fact, me and Grizz, we, we kind of zeroed in on that. And God, I flew my butt off on, uh, on, with the OE4Ms. Okay. And for our listeners, what's the fac attacker? Well, a forward air controller, airborne, mm-hmm. and air control airborne Tactical so okay yeah yeah so well, that's a lot of climbing up and down the ladders of a4s and harriers to get 4300 hours Holy that's right oh, single I was, seat single engine yeah did you ever utter i was always in a squadron i, I only yeah. spent about less than three years out of this out of the squatter so nice. that's, nice. that's like unheard of smitty unheard absolutely of. No, exactly. in this some years, you know, some of the banner years, gosh, I was 400 hours. What? I mean, it's just, uh, I, I, like I say, I flew my butt off. That's awesome. Well, that's, was, I'm glad somebody got to. Yeah. 
And those are some great stories. Sadly, we really come to the end of our time together today, but I'm most hopeful you'll come back with us and spend some more time, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm guessing you have got a few more stories in there. I got a whole list here of, uh, <laughs> of uh, stories. So. Nice. In 4,300 hours, you're bound to be yeah. <laughs> quite the list. So Yeah, that's a lot yeah. of getting in and getting out right there. Absolutely, it is. That is uh, that's crazy. I'm jealous, though. I am too. Is, I am too, Schmitty. Man, it was a good time. All right. Well, sadly, our time together this week is uh, coming to a close. Uh, I want to reach out and thank Dave Hamilton over at the Mac Geek Gab for his support and knowledge and know-how helping us get this show up and running. Thank you, Dave. I want to remind everybody that we have a glossary page at so there I was.us. We also have a links page at so there I was.us. So you can come back and see the raw recordings and the inside baseball, so to speak, of how we put these recordings together from the raw portion and not the edited final uh, show. We have a sponsor, Robin's Bird Brain Designs. She will laser etch for you almost anything. She does coasters with your squadron logo and your call sign, those sorts of things. She can actually do your laptop or your iPad or something like that too. If you want to put a design on that, uh, put a custom name on anything like that, reach out to robinsbirdbraindesigns.com and see what she can't laser etch for you or for somebody whose uh, gift you need to customize. She does fantastic work. I can say from personal experience. It is fun stuff. And also, we've got Rumble. If you're watching us right now live, then uh, you already know that we have a Rumble page. I'm going to ask you to go there, please, to so there I was us slash Rumble and sign up and subscribe and follow us. doesn't cost anything. And we need about 55, 60 more followers so we don't have to pay Rumble to bring you yeah. live stream. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Fig, Listen to Fig. Come on. Just Fig, tell him what to do. Just do it. <laughs> Don't, do it doesn't it. cost you anything for crying out loud. doesn't. You can follow us on uh, Facebook at so there I was dot us slash Facebook. On Twitter at so there I was dot us slash Twitter. You can email us. Email repeat at so there I was dot us. R-E-P-E-T-E or fig at so there I was dot us. And in the background there, you hear a little music. That's from who? Those gringos. Those gringos. The two guys that give the Air Force a great name. A lot of fun music <laughs> from them, right? They've been gracious enough to share their music with all of you and, and with us and allow us to bring it to you. So we can't tell you how much we really appreciate that. And the other thing we need you to do is to share. Share this show with everybody you know. Push them to it. Make them go listen. Hold them down. Tape. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> tape them yeah. like Oscar to the chair and make them listen. <laughs> right? I mean, that's how we do it. Hey, these are great stories, and I know there's more great stories out there. So this could trigger somebody to say, hey, I got a story. Absolutely. And to you, Smitty, we also want to thank you. Thank you, first of all, for coming on and sharing some of this with us, and we hope you'll come back and share more. But also, sir, thank you for your service. We appreciate your willingness to sacrifice your very life. And thank you to your family for their sacrifice, for the time you spent away from them on birthdays and anniversaries and missed all those things uh, in order to serve your country. Uh, it's deeply appreciated yes. by all of us. Thank you, Smitty. And Semper Fi, my friend. And I, I can tell uh, that you missed a lot of birthdays, anniversaries, and yeah. what and uh, any, everything in between based on how many Westpac tours and combat deployment you did. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, until next week, everybody. Stay safe and check six.
This here is a true story about crossing the pond at night in the world's smallest cockpit. Small. On the tanker, through the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Thanks a lot. We really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. There I was, crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fond of all the shit I was wearing on that day. Now an F-16 is cramped enough, but it's even worse with all that stuff supposed to save your life. But we knew there was no way. Cause when you're going down the North Atlantic, man, it's over. And the show's over, folks. Thanks so hey! much for joining us. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. There's different modes to deliver a nuclear weapon, and Grizz was going to do what's called over the shoulder. And so you basically fly over the target. You pull up, straight up, bond releases. You go back one way, bond comes down. Okay. Well, that's that was what was planned. Well, what happened is, when he was over the target and he's pulling up, we need about 45 degrees nose up, the bomb releases. And it's a Mark 70 stick, so it's not yeah, that big. It's, but the uh, bomb releases. And Goodman's going, holy crap. So he's watching the bomb go. Then he had to turn around and join up with Gris on the way out. And he said, last thing, I saw that bomb was heading toward Mexico. 